plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm feeling good, you know. I mean, it's a big win. They definitely needed a bounce back win. It was a tough, 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 tough game, you know, on the road again with against a good defense, and it was ugly up front. But they gutted it out and, and ended up playing pretty well overall. Yeah. So this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code Locked On at MyBookie.ag. All right, so let's kind of talk about the game, first of all. What were some of your just initial impressions of this game? The Cowboys ended up winning this one 28-17 against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, in Arizona, they moved to 2-1. Uh, I, I mean, I'll let you start, but I, 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 I want to kind of lead off with DeMarcus Lawrence because we were talking about this pre-show. Um, as much as we love DeMarcus Ware, and all the great things that he's done for the Cowboys over the years, and he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. I don't think we've ever, ever seen a performance like this from a Cowboys defensive lineman. Uh, what did you think about Demarcus Lawrence and your overall just game thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I think that to see a, a defensive end do those kind of things consistently. I mean, I think, you know, we've seen DeMarcus Ware. And, and you know, look, it sounds like blasphemy to talk about it's not, though. DeMarcus Ware. But, I mean, if you look at the just the numbers, like, he's it, he's the like the third player, I think it was, in, in NFL history to have three, uh, to start the first three uh, games of the season with, with multiple sacks in each game. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, he was making sacks at, at big moments, like, I, I, it was it, it. It's exactly what this team is as as needed for a long time. Um, and then you know, I, I think that you can't like because uh, because Lawrence is going to get a lot of the credit, but I think uh, uh, Malik Collins deserves a, a whole lot of credit as well. I, I think that you know he had two sacks and uh, two tackles for loss mm-hmm. and another t- uh, two QB hits. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the defensive conversation kind of starts and ends with Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, just uh, really, I mean, not that the other two weren't breakout performances, but this really felt like just a what a breakout performance by a guy who, you know, so much has been expected of him over the years, and, and for him to finally kind of, you know, live up to the expectation consistently is is just great. You know, it's fantastic to see. Yeah, and it's not just the three sacks, which seems crazy to say, but 
I mean, it seemed like on every big play of the game, Demarcus Lawrence was driving Jared Valdir back into Carson Palmer. Uh, he's really responsible for two other the, two of the other sacks in the game. Uh, I mean, I just couldn't be more impressed with Lawrence. I, I think we need to have a conversation. Do the Cowboys consider paying him sooner rather than later? Because if he continues to play like this, I mean, his price tag has jumped a lot just in the last week. So uh, I, I think it's something the Cowboys have to consider. Um, I, I want to jump back to the offense a little bit. So in yeah, we got to talk about just the, the the flow of the game, yes. really, because that's one of the more interesting one of the more interesting parts of the storyline. I think is is it felt like the the beginning of the game to me was was kind of a continuation, like they just hadn't. On both sides of the ball, they just hadn't. I mean, I, I think immediately I noticed that their tackling was better on the defensive side of the ball. They seemed to clean to clean that up, um, but they they just weren't really calibrated to what uh, you know the Arizona was doing uh, uh, right away. And, and you know, listen, give credit to Bruce Arians for coming out and having a great uh, opening script. He's so uh, they good clearly at that. knew what they. He's so I mean, good. he's one of the best. That's the reason he's been in the league for so long. I mean, so. He clearly, you know, had a script, but once once it seems like they got outside the script uh, and it became a, a, a matchups game, um, you know, look, all all credit goes to uh, 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 Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he had an outstanding game, um, but I think you know, eventually the Cowboys started to, the, the you know, really honestly to me, the thing that that turned this game around, like the defense really started playing well pretty soon i mean like it wasn't they, they didn't take long to kind of figure it out it was before the half that they had really started kind of turning it around a little bit on arizona the offense like it really and, and I, I know a lot of people want to blame a lot of different people for things but but to me the offense was mostly about the offensive line hmm. still not seemingly f- having figured it out and we really need to see the all the end zone of the all 22 but um, you know, a lot of people want to talk about Dak and, uh, you know, Zeke looks at this and this and that. And you're one of those people, Marcus. Look, yeah, we will. But, but my, my, I think that ultimately what happened is that at the beginning of the game, the offensive line continued to look out of sorts, um, continued to not be able to get push. Uh, and, and a lot of it, I also think was them focusing a lot on, on trying to stop the run, obviously. Um, but at the same time, uh, once they, you know, once the offensive line uh, started to kind of figure it out, you know, the 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 thing about Dak is that, you know, look, even when he's having a bad game, they aren't turning the ball over, you know, and I think mm. that's a huge part of it. Is that no matter what, like Dak is a caretaker a lot of times. I mean, you know, that last game, kind of the exception when he was forced into a situation where he had to make, you know, risky throws in order to try to come back, but. When the game is close, Dak is able to keep the game close because he's not going to push it so hard that he's going to turn the ball over. And I think ultimately that helped them out a lot because once the Cowboys' offensive line sorted out what was going on, uh, then eventually the talent kind of played out and then... The Cowboys uh, got control of that game and, and kind of kept it towards uh, for the the last part of the game. It seemed. What, what what were your thoughts on like what was the I guess the offensive struggles and, and the defensive struggles early on and and what you thought they did to kind of you know get it turned around? Yeah, so the Cowboys started off this game so slow on offense. The first two drives of the game were three and outs. Uh, their their first score of the game came off uh, great field position and actually on that drive they had. 
in order, they had an offsides penalty. They gave him first and five. They ran a read option to Zeke that lost yards. They had a Patrick Peterson hold on Dez where Prescott missed Beasley on the seam route. They had the play action rollout to Noah Brown for 10 yards and then the deck read option. So even that drive was set up by short field position and penalties. I mean, I think you're right. In the second half, I think the Cowboys opened up their offense a little bit more. I'm just looking at some of my notes, but they weren't so predictable on first downs. And this is something that I was kind of criticizing the Cowboys for throughout the game is it seemed like on every single first down, the Cowboys were not only just running the ball, but they were running into a loaded box. And for whatever reason, they didn't adjust to the second half. And that's where they got their big plays. They got a big play to uh, Terrence Williams Uh, on a first down. They got the long pass to Bryce Butler down the sideline. I like that the Cowboys opened up their offense a little bit more. Uh, the Cardinals were certainly daring the Cowboys to throw the ball deep on them, and they didn't at all in the first half, and that's why they struggled. Uh, for the most part, I, I don't even think – I'm not even sure Prescott targeted Des Bryant once when uh, Patrick Peterson was on him, so it kind of seemed like the, the entire game plan was to avoid Peterson as much as possible. Um I feel like the Cowboys got into a rhythm as the second half went on. I mean, you look up at the scoreboard, they scored 28 points, they scored four touchdowns. It's it's not – I've seen some worse offensive performances in the league so far this year. So uh, I'm a little worried about their offensive line because we're seeing uh, Tyron Smith get beat. I don't think Martin and Frederick played all that well. Uh, But I think it's a lot of things they can do schematically to kind of mask that up. I'm not overly concerned about their offense at this point. But uh, I think it's something that they can fix long term. I'm just not sure if the Cowboys are going to be that creative in fixing some of these problems. Um, Overall, what did you just think of Dak Prescott as a passer? Did you think he looked rattled? Do you think he played confident? How do you think Prescott played? I think that you know, as the the game wore on and he got a feel for the game, uh, he played a lot better. Look, I think that once they started getting him on the move a little bit, I think once he started running, it, it helped him a lot. Yes. I think that he is just one of those guys. He's he's a football player, you know. Like he's, I don't think, you know, I think he can win from the pocket. But I think that when you are forcing him to only win from the pocket, like, and not giving him the opportunity to, you know, do things with his legs. I think it he struggles to like. I don't want to say maintain focus, but he seems like he's more in tuned and in rhythm when he's able to get out on the edge uh, to see the, the windows shift a little bit, uh, to see, you know, to, to kind of just get, get his legs moving, maybe take a hit. I, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like... He struggled when, in the first couple drives. Now This is now four games where he struggled in the first two well, or three drives. Y- you know, here's the thing. Here, and I, and listen... I see a lot of people talking about the play action waggle and the bootleg, and we're not seeing that as much anymore. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact because by the end of the year, they, they were they were seeing that. Like they they knew that like most of the of the beginning of the uh, of the first downs on drives, the Cowboys were going to run wide zone or run a bootleg waggle off of wide zone and throw something to the tight end. And I, and I think the reason. Like they stopped doing that is because teams started to figure that out, and that's fine. But but I but I also think that the reason that play was so great was because no no matter how much they got on it, even if they they didn't get a ton, or even if they got nothing at all, 
I, I just think it did something with with Dak's comfort level on the field. And and I, I think that and once you saw that, and, and specifically to me, like if we're going to point to a tor- turning point in the game, I mean, d- definitely the offense, but the thing that kind of was the turning point in the game was that was that first the well the only the fifty three yard touchdown to 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 Butler, I mean that was like I well, wait was that the fifty three yard whatever the touchdown the was to yarder. Butler, thirty seven yarder to touch the, to Butler. I mean because what it was is it was an opportunity and actually maybe it, it started before that maybe it started with the pass to to Williams, um, mm-hmm. but but you know just just you know the opportunity for him. To to like because even that throw to Dez like it was it wasn't like a difficult throw I mean like Dez you know that was a Dez play uh, all will but but that that throw to to, to Bryce like it was D- Dak on the move rolling out and throwing on the move and and that like it so it jarred something loose in him I don't know what it was like it and after that he he played like kind of the Dak that we were more used to to seeing and frankly that's kind of around the time that the offensive line started playing better too. Um, so I, I just think that they need to start getting, making things a little bit more horizontal. And uh, if you want to talk about a negative thing, I, I will bring this up. I don't know what's going on with Beasley, but they need to figure that out that situation sooner than later because I think that's a large part of what's going mm. on with this whole situation is that either Beasley's not getting open, uh, Ford's is. not seeing he Beasley, or, or what's going on. But that but, uh, that. That's that's part of this issue, I think. Yeah, so Prescott reminds me kind of a, not in play style, but he starts off games kind of the way Donovan McNabb used to early in his career, but Andy Reid soon realized that they're basically going to start the game off with a screen every single game just to get him, just to kind of get the juices flowing. So I'm going to be curious to see if Scott Linehan figures out something to get him jump-started because, like I said, this is now four games in a row that we've seen Dak just completely off his game, and then by the second half he looks like a totally different quarterback. So I'm going to be interested to see what they can do to improve him that way. Let's pause real quick to talk about our friends at mybookie.ag. I hope that you didn't listen to my uh, gambling advice last week and pick the cat or pick the Cardinals plus three. Hopefully, they listen to me, Marcus. Right? Yeah, something like that. Um, uh, Once again, it's not about who you bet on, Marcus. It's about where you man, bet. You are so that's, good. That's, at that's, this. that's the key thing. All right. So my bookie has been in business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making for doing absolutely nothing, and they have the fastest payout. Seriously, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, even though I'm losing money constantly. Uh, that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join my bookie now, you they will match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use that promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.com. Dot ag today you play you win you get paid all right so i want to talk about ezekiel elliott and i i don't want to fat shame him anymore i i kind of feel bad oh yeah okay that's yeah. good yeah so uh i okay there is probably there was two runs in this game where i didn't see the same explosion from elliott last year now however i don't think that means he played bad 
Uh, I I believe Pro Football Focus tweeted after the game that the Cowboys had negative yards rushing before contact. So there was just nothing there in terms of holes for Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he had a couple of runs where he was just fantastic, and I don't know how he found a hole. Um, I mean, he he's just an incredible player. I think he ended up with a total of, uh, I believe, like 96 or 97 yards. Um, and the Cardinals, they did everything to stop him. I mean, the first half, they were loading boxes the entire game. Um, they they wanted to make sure that Ezekiel Elliott did not get going. And for the most part, they accomplished that. And Prescott made them pay in the second half. I don't think Elliott's the same explosive player we saw last year, but I still think he is the best running back in the league. All right, give me your thoughts on Elliott and tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I mean, you're just you're just backpedaling on no, your I'm bad not. take from earlier. No, no, I, so it's I, I just, still think it's, he's, he's not as explosive as we saw last year. I think that's pretty evident. I think that's I think that if you go back and watch Ezekiel Elliott in the first few weeks of last year, I think he looks almost identical that's to how fair. he looks I will, now. I'll give you that. So I think that I think if you go back to look at all the the complaints about Ezekiel Elliott. They're all those same complaints as well. That he doesn't look. Ex- I thought he would be more explosive. Was it was how it was phrased then by people who didn't know they didn't know Zeke back then because he was a rookie, right? So they would they would said they said things like I thought he was going to be more explosive than this. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, I think he's fine. I think I think that the, he's. I think that him and the rest of the offensive line is working the, their way into shape. This is this is the problem in general with, with this schedule, and I think I want to revisit this now that we're three games in and two and one, is that the problem with this schedule is that the Cowboys are kind of as constructed probably a late bloomer team because yes. they rely heavily on the offensive line. They rely heavily on... Um, you know the wide zone scheme that requires you know lots of work, you know padded practice work, and that really is only what they're going to get in in season. So that means that that is probably going to get a late start on things. And they came into the year with a young defensive backfield that needed snaps in order uh, to kind of play their way into good shape. And unfortunately for all of us, they didn't get them. <laughs> they were, they get all those snaps were, were on the sideline. So, but fortunately for us, we got guys like Xavier Woods He's and Jordan Lewis, who both just balled out of the, the yeah. whole game. I mean, both of them balled out the entire game. Um, so, you know, look, I think at the end of that game, things looked like they were kind of working their way back into shape, back into the kind of cowboy football that we're used to. Um, they got a tough matchup coming in. We, we got a whole week to talk about LA, and actually, we don't have a whole week. We got a less than a week, but but Quick turnaround. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, I think that this was a this was an important win for for I think how the the at least how the fans felt for the team. I don't know how about the Cowboys felt about themselves, but I do feel like if they can turn this thing around uh, and f- kind of ride this momentum, uh, take care of business against a, a good L.A. team. I mean, I think this L.A. team is definitely a better team than what we thought uh, looking into the season. We have, Like I said, we have time to talk about that later, but I think we'll look back as this win is a big turning point as, as kind of the moment that – they really started to kind of get it together, pull it together a little bit, and hopefully they can just start getting uh, some momentum because uh, you know they got LA after this, and then Green Bay mm-hmm. at home, and then uh, th- then they'll be rolling into the bye week, uh, hopefully uh, sitting pretty. So we'll see. Yeah. So 
when I kind of looked at the schedule early in the year, I kind of thought if they could enter the bye week at three and two, I, I thought that was pretty uh, realistic considering the possible suspensions that they had and for the pe- fact that it typically takes this team a little bit uh, longer to get started. And the first month of the season is so random anyways. I think it was Bill Belichick that said, you just want to get through the first month of the season being two and two. So the Cowboys have already accomplished that. Um, I want to give you a platform really quickly to talk about Jason Witten because I know people were mentioning it to you all game long. Um, good, bad, what do you think about Jason Witten? Well, I mean, I think that he's It's a tough conversation. It's a tough conversation because I mean, yeah, I think I see I see the the times when he's struggling with uh, missing blocks, but I also think that like I also think that there's he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw Leo Collins tackle Zeke Zeke for a, a loss tonight. <laughs> so I mean, you know, like I I I I understand like I understand the the idea of like maybe not relying on him and maybe not making him a point of attack blocker anymore. But, you know, at the same time, he's not blowing up every play. It's like he's just – I don't know that he's a reliable point of you know contact, uh, uh, point of attack blocker anymore. I think there's just ways to work around that with his skill set. Um, and I think that, you know, if that means that you work in a little bit more uh, – uh, Hannah is that kind of blocker, then that's what you do. I, I think that Witten has his place on his team, for sure. Um, but I also think that Witten needs to be able... I, I think Witten needs to be assigned appropriately. I think Witten needs to be assigned to block you know, safeties and Should and they maybe cut a snaps down, do you think? Would that help if they cut a snaps down? Instead of playing 99%, cut them down to 90, 85? Yeah, I, th- I think that would help, but I don't think it's no. going to happen. I mean, and, and I don't, you know, I don't think it has, like, I'm not, like, dying for it to happen. I, I, but I think it could help, it might be, but at the same time, I just, it's, it's still not to the point where, like, it's an argument that I'm willing to have yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's not, like, so dire that I think it... Get that guy off the field. He's still good enough as a receiver that he has value. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, reliable. I mean, look, like, say what you will, but if you need seven yards, like, like, Witten probably can get you that seven yards no matter what. So, I just, I mean, I think that at the very least, when he's not, he's commanding a double team, and that's that's worth something. Yep. Let's pause to talk to you about Cessna. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Cessna Premier Realty Group. The professional and experienced real estate agents of the Sesney Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none. Focused on building personal relationships with their clients, Sesney Premier Realty Group realtors seek to understand their clients' needs and wants to ensure those needs and wants are met every time and will strive to provide a hassle-free buying and selling experience. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Sesney Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. If you currently need or think you will have real estate needs in the future, contact the Sesney Premier Realty Group directly at 469-672-6987. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. All right, two quick players that I want to talk about really quickly. Um, are Des Bryant and Bryce Butler. 
Uh, Dez did not have a big impact in the game in this in the sense of uh, stats. And this is where I, I get kind of irritated by stats because people will look at Dez's game and they'll look at the end of the season total and say, hey, Dez didn't have as many yards as uh, T.Y. Hilton. He must not be as good of a receiver. Uh, but the way that Dez can make timely plays and huge plays in the game are why he is still an elite receiver in my mind. That play that he made, uh, the touchdown play, I, is there another receiver in the league that can make that play, Landon? Do you think? I mean, that was incredible. Maybe, maybe Julio Jones. Maybe, maybe. But, but but I don't think Julio Jones. I don't think anybody is as savage as as Dez is. I mean, that's the thing about him is that he's the like like he runs with the fury that's like that you don't see from wide receivers like that's he runs like like Adrian Peterson like it runs like Adrian like Lynch yeah. like Lynch like I was gonna say yeah. like money Lynch like he runs with that kind of anger and power and and I and yeah so I think that uh yeah I, I think it's a difficult conversation to have a conversation about who's the best is or elite wide receiver and all that stuff because they all kind of do different things you know and I I'll take Dez in the red zone or on a short pass with Yak versus anybody in the league, period. And you know what my favorite like, thing I mean, is with Dez, too, is he got two targets in this game, and he caught two passes for 12 yards. He's not going to say a darn thing about his targets in this no. game. I, that's no. the great thing is you don't have to worry about him complaining about the, getting the ball at all. So, No, he, I'm about to watch a video of, of the one of these reporters got of him walking in the, the, the you know locker room, outside the locker room, it's probably he's screaming his head oh, off yeah. and excited because they won. I mean, I guarantee you, Des, dude, Des. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who Des Bryant is. We don't need to tell you that. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to talk about really quickly is Bryce Butler. So yeah, we we call it. This was going to be a game where the Cowboys were going to have to attack Justin Bethel, their other cornerback opposite of uh, yeah of Patrick Peterson. And, man, that was a game by Bryce Butler. He had two catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Both of his catches were massive, massive plays. Both were spectacular grabs. Uh, I mean, this is what he he needs to provide for the Cowboys offense because he really is the one true deep threat that they have. I, I, I love seeing them involve him more in the offense because he's got so much potential. Um I think they need to find a way to get him on the field more often, uh, maybe more in three receiver sets, four receiver sets. I don't care. It was yeah. just nice to see yeah. Butler finally make some plays for this team. Yeah, and let me tell you something. There's a lot of things that happen in this game that really make me feel better, make me feel like less of a jerk about all the stuff I talked about in training camp. <laughs> you know, like because uh, because I'm one of the things that I mean, not, and it wasn't just me. I mean, everybody noticed it at training camp was Bryce Butler. He was just he lit the world on fire in, in training camp. He looked fantastic. He was making catches like those catches we saw tonight all all the time. And so, uh, you know, I I, I and to credit to you, you, you're the one who came up with the Bethel talk and 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 all that. And and but I I will say that I was shocked that it was. Um, Butler, that that had the the big plays because I I really kind of assumed that Butler's ankle was bad. That I mean I I, I assumed that I knew that T Wills was bad as well, but I, I I assumed that Butler's was was worse if if they weren't kind of trying to insert Butler in more than than Terrence Williams. But uh, he really showed out and he got up big time and made big time catches on both those throws. And yeah, I mean <clears throat> what what can you say? I mean. Uh, 
that's when they really needed like they needed that other guy to make a play. They needed whether it was Beasley or uh, uh, a second tight end. Uh, they needed one more guy to make plays for them. And tonight was Bryce Butler. And, and, and hopefully, you know, as that goes on, he can get a little bit more consistency there and, and, and be a regular guy who is that guy that you forget about on this offense because uh, that's that's what they need ultimately. All right, any final thoughts as we wrap up this show? I know we're going to have a lot to get into over the next couple of days, but <sighs> any final thoughts? I, I mean – what were some of your just overall just big takeaways from this contest? Well, I mean, I, I will say that um, I, I I officially got to the point where I was worried about um, Frederick specifically. Do you think uh, he's hurt in the, in the first half of the game? I don't. I, I mean, he played f- great the second half. Like, I, I, so I no, I don't think he's hurt, or maybe he is, and, and he's just. I don't know what's going on, uh, and and I, I definitely am going to spend uh, some time uh, getting close on the end zone tape, trying to figure it out, because uh, I I just never seen him play like this, and and even Martin, like and and look, I mean, I Collins had a tough time. It, it, we, that was clear to see at, at, at moments. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure people want to go after Chaz Green, and, and he had some moments, but I, I would say less than some others. And uh, Tyron Smith, man, I mean, I just I saw him get bossed again on a on a backside cutoff. Hmm. Uh, you know, I just think that there, and again, I, I think I think it's a combination of things, Marcus. I mean, I think a lot of people will talk about is Tyron Smith washed? Like, no, no guys, like, like they have. Almost no time to practice a backside cutoff, and especially with the new, new rules with no cutoff, with no uh, cut, cut blocks. Like, that is such a difficult block to make uh, on a 300-pounder, even if you're Tyron Smith, um, you know, without a lot of practice. And so they're, they're getting there. It got better in the second half, even if Collins was, you know— Punching dudes on the thighs while he was rolling around on the ground, <laughs> like I, I, I it, you know, it, it'll get there. It's, it's, it, the problem is, is that you know, this is their time to practice it in the games. It, that's just the unfortunate truth. And reality is that th- with this difficult schedule up front, they really just had to see as they had, to, they had to survive it. And so far, they're surviving it. Um, we'll see how it goes uh, in a few days. Wins are hard to come by in the NFL, so don't yeah don't no no we don't look no gift horses right. in the mouth that's here, true. man. Not in the NFL. All right, that's it for today's show. This edition of Locked On Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie.ag, where they will match your deposit up to a one hundred percent bonus. Just use the promo code Locked On. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five star review uh, if you. Leave a review and your Twitter handle. You'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be back later in the week to discuss our film breakdowns to preview the upcoming game against the Rams. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here on Wednesday. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.